Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Yes, sir. It's another week, which means it's another opportunity for I Am Athlete to present Paper Route. It's our weekly show, our daily show. You know, we want to talk sports, get an opportunity to talk about Victor Wimbiyama. Did I say that correctly? You did. You, you did. I like to say Scooter Henderson. Is it Scooter Henderson or is it Scoot? Scoot. It's uh, Scoot. It's just Scoot. Yeah, just Scoot. Is his shoulder okay? Um, I believe the MRI came back negative. Okay. So, yes. So paper route, sitting here with Corey Holmes. We got Woo Out West, Ashley yep. Nicole Moss. We're on Sirius XM, Channel 103, Faction Talk, and we're here on YouTube. It's another amazing week. Do you know what week this is out of the year? I don't. What week is this? I don't know. Oh, no. yeah, I don't. Can we get a like fact check here? I don't keep like track of those things. I know. I just know it's July. Yeah. Okay. Well, here we go. July 10th. So. Week, 28. Hot, week 28. Week 28. How many weeks? 52 weeks in a year, right? 52. Correct. Yeah. So we're half, the, a little, it's a little over halfway little there. A little over. Midpoint. Yeah, the midpoint might have been like, what, last week, actually? Because 25 and 25 is 50. Uh -huh. So, yeah, we're over halfway there. So, yeah. So, right. Is this year going by fast? Flying. Well, as I told you guys the other day on the show, scientifically, there have been studies that say the world is spinning faster the on its axis. The world's coming to an end? Than, no, the world is spinning faster on its axis than ever before. So if it feels like time is going quicker, that's not necessarily inaccurate. It is scientific that technically the world is spinning on its axis a little bit quicker than it has previous but, but, decades but minutes are minutes minutes doesn't change seconds doesn't change i don't that's understand a whole that. different argument some people will argue against that yeah. which is why time feels like it's going a little bit quicker because the access is so i mean people will get into the whole argument so about a second time is faster then some people will a, a, argue a, a that a second today is faster than a second yesterday some people will yeah. no not necessarily yesterday but if you know, some people will argue that a second in 2023 feels a lot faster than a second in 1945. Like some people <laughs> truly believe that the world and how it spins on its axis manipulates time. And some people think like you, a minute is a minute, a second is a second, an mm -hmm. hour is an hour, regardless of the time, like regardless of the year, the decade. But some people disagree with that. Be so. Before we get into sports. You ever watch Doctor wanna... Strange? No, who's that? You don't know who Doctor Strange is? Oh my God, Corey, do you no, know who Doctor Strange is? I do know who Doctor Strange this is. is. The whole this is the whole argument about like the realms and like we get it. That's a Marvel class. That's a different show. Okay, well <laughs> maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow <laughs> at the end show. of this week. Before we get into Victor Wimbiyama mm -hmm. and his debut, mm -hmm. right? Two games out there in Vegas, the NBA Summer League. 
don't know. Is he off to a hot start? I don't know. Let me ask you this question, Ashley. Is the earth flat? No. <laughs> it's not? Well, I mean, you're you're getting into this whole no, the the axis. The, the, the earth is spinning faster. And... No, the earth is not flat. Oh, I'm just asking. No, it's not. It's round? Yes. All right, cool. If that was the case, when have you ever been to China? I have not been to China. Okay, well, if you were to go to China and you don't fall off the face of the earth, that's how you know it's not flat. Oh. Uh, <laughs> why? Because they're saying that's... Oh, okay. If you go to the other end of the earth and mm -hmm. you don't fall off, which people have not done because people have gone to China and come back, that's pretty much evident that the earth is not flat. Okay. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so, All right, Corey, let's jump into... This NBA Summer League, there's a lot of storylines coming out of Vegas. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's Victor Wimbayama. He's really at the top of him. He made his debut. And on Friday night, you know, we were expecting, I guess, maybe a 40-point game for him. But it, it fell, he fell short of that. He had nine points. Uh, went two, I believe it was two for 13. Yeah, two for 13. So he didn't shoot too well from the field. But he was a rim protector. He had five blocks. So that night went pretty well. And then last night, we saw him really go off 27 points. 12 rebounds, three blocks, kind of more, uh, uh, you know, close to what I guess we were expecting out of him. But, like, you know, what are your thoughts? How, how do he look? How do he look against NBA competition? You know, what, what's your... Uh... Um. Well, the first game, obviously, I mean, I'm somebody who kind of already knew that Wemby was going to be a project. Mm -hmm. I know that there was a lot of hoopla around, you know, him during the draft and where he was going to fall. And then ultimately when the Spurs got the first pick in the draft, you know, everyone was saying it was going to be a perfect match. And I know everyone was focused on the enamory of it all. But I think if you really watch basketball and you really understand the differences between the American and European game and also look at the landscape of the current um, – landscape of the NBA currently, you knew Wemby wasn't going to be ready right away. Mm -hmm. I mean, he needs to put on weight. You can see that even when he's on the baseline, when he's in the paint, he loses his balance very easily. It's very easy to bully him around. He's very, It's very easy to be defensively stronger than him. It's just a different type of game. And then also, I mean, a different type of game in terms of what re is required of his body than when he was playing in Europe. And then also the American game is different. You know, he was playing in France and granted, they are playing with grown people, grown men in you know the Euro League. So I think that's one of the reasons why developmentally their understanding of the game and mentality may be a little bit tougher than say a guy coming out of college. But they're it's a different type of game. So that adjustment was always going to be there. I always said it was going to take a, a whole season to really see what his potential. It was going to be a whole season rather to see his potential become reality. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see a lot of growing pains in this first season that he has. And the game on Friday didn't surprise me. And the game on Saturday, he looked a lot better. But it's going to be very up and down with him. He's not 100% ready to play in the American League. And that's I don't think anybody who really understands the game of basketball thought that he would be. So so I will say this, Ashley. After the first game, yeah, I would have agree, agreed with you, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we're talking about an underwhelming performance. Um, and we're talking about, you know, all the excitement around this guy. You had Jerry West sitting courtside. You had J. Cole sitting courtside. Um, you had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sitting courtside. This is uh, this was the biggest debut since Zion Williamson, since the Ball brother, Lonzo Ball, right? Like everybody was at Summer League waiting to see what this guy was going to do. And that's what's going on. 
Kawhi, he had nine points, right? And he was being bullied. Um, but there were some things that jumped out for me. If you really watched, was like, oh, this kid has an opportunity. Now, I don't think he'll be he'll reach his full potential right away, and that may take a couple years. And I don't think he'll be dominant. To your point, in year one, will be some growing pains. But I do think that he'll be able to contribute in a major way because of his skill set. The dude's a he's seven five, right? And if you look at the first game, uh, his defensive presence, right? We talked about the blocks. Um, I think it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, or Isaiah Thomas when he sat down with them um, and did an interview with them out in Vegas where he's like, it's hard to get five blocks, right? Like if he averages 3.2 blocks a, a game, he'll lead the league in blocks. Mm-hmm. And it just seems to be easy for him to to be a, a dominant rim protector, obviously, because how tall he is. Passing, right? Like now bigs, when you think about passing, you think about Joker. If you watched that first game, there were some special passes that he he had. Like it's like, yo, this dude, this dude really got it. I mean, we're talking about underhand passes, no look passes, um, and then he also seemed really confident and comfortable doing that. His poise, Britney Spears, we talked about that, and his first performance after that, he said, "You look, you know, um, I have to get better. I have to adjust." And that's important, right? A lot of guys come in and, you know, they feel they got to live up to the hype right away. And you saw his poise at a young, you know, as a young man, 19 years old, and his handle uh, for a seven-footer. So those are the things that jumped out to me uh, after game one. Uh, Game two, obviously, 27 points. uh, And he seemed to be more um, engaged and, he took the game to them. Now, I wouldn't even say the game, more like the fight. Like you saw after one bucket where he did the little like muscle thing mm-hmm. where he's like, all right, y'all not going to bully me today. And so um, I think this dude has an opportunity to contribute in a major way in year one. Uh, I was shocked at how he bounced back after game one. But game two, you know, was he did some special things. And he's, we we saw why the Spurs took him number one and, and, and why everybody think he's a generational player, once-in-a-lifetime type player. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that anyone doubts his potential um, and the ability to bounce back. I mean, obviously, it was impressive. But also, remember, you're bouncing back in the summer league. You're not playing against a lot of the guys that you're even going to play against mm-hmm. during the NBA season. These guys are trying to make a team. That's true. Um, not all of them were draft picks. Not all of them are going to be on a roster. So it's not a true representation of what his day in and day out is going to be when the season actually starts. When the season actually starts, now it's going to be interesting for me how Popovich manages his minutes and where he plays him. He's not going to necessarily play him. He has the height of a center, but he doesn't have the build of the center. But even if he plays power forward, most centers in the NBA can teeter between the four and the five. So... Day in and day out, you're going to be playing against a Jokic. Yep. You're going to be playing against a Giannis. You're going to be playing against an Adebayo. You're going to be playing against a Brooke Lopez, a Steven Adams. We're talking about some of the biggest, strongest guys in the NBA. That is going to be an awakening for him that he physically is not ready See, yet. I think that's the trick, though. I think that's, that's where he'll uh, set him, himself up for failure. I think that's where Pop will set himself up, set him up for failure and his team up for failure if they think that way. Right, we're we're saying that this we've never seen a guy like this before. So what does that mean? He's seven five. He can handle the ball. He can pass. He can do so many things. He 
I mean, I don't know, kind of reminds you of KD a little bit. There's some some movement, he, some some KD of his skills. KD's a better shooter than he is. Yes. Um, so I say that because I, you know, put him in position to win, right? But like, it, you, you, I, I don't. I think this is where it's going to take maybe a few years for him to be able to step up to those guys or, sure. or play against those guys that you just mentioned. But he can still come in and contribute in a major way. No, no, no. I'm I'm not discrediting Mid- that. Yeah, I'm not discrediting that at all. I agree with you completely. He's going to, with the Spurs, he's going to be the focal point. But with you being the focal point, the Miami Heat aren't going to take it easy on you because you just got here and you're trying to figure it out. When they put Bam out of bio on you, you're going to have to figure out how to still score points. And yeah. that's where it's going to be a little bit different than what we're seeing from him in the summer league. Because so those, you, so, guys, so aren't think, as, those so, guys aren't NBA players. So you think Bam will be able to go out there on the wing and guard him? We're talking, like the dude, like that's we're what talking, I am not. We're talking physical dominance. Oh, like for he sure. Would physically, just he would any um, Brooke Lopez, Giannis, Yoke. What do you think Wemby's gonna do against a Jokic? See, that's what I, that's Jokic what I mean. That's what I mean. Well, that's what I mean. Brick wall that's what I mean by right setting him up for 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 failure. If you think you're gonna get in the paint and bang with him and try to play that but type of game, but if he goes out that. there, pick. You know, you saw him a lot of a lot of his buckets came off of pick and rolls, right? Right. At the top of the key, mid range. So play that game. Right, and then also he put the ball on the he put the ball on the on on the floor, taking it between his legs, pulling, shooting. I agree. Mm -hmm. He's gonna have he's is gonna his success is gonna come from the things that he can do really well. His his troubles are gonna come from any good team is gonna take those aspects of your game away. We've seen that happen in the NBA across the board with some of the best players. We've seen it happen to Steph Curry. You have to take away certain aspects of the game that you know they'll be able to go ahead and do for four quarters. It's not, he's not there yet to where he's going to be able to combat those things is what I'm saying. But the reality of the situation is I don't think that anybody should expect him to be able to do that is my whole point. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a growing pain. You're going to have really good games from him and you're going to have horrible games from him. You're going to have mediocre games from him. He's not 100% ready for the American game. And the whole hoopla around him as a draft prospect was because of his potential. Because of all the intangibles that he has and all the player comps that he can be compared to is what made him this polarizing draft prospect. But people tend to take that and apply it to, oh, he should be ready to go straight. That's not how that works. Yeah. It's very rare that a player comes from the draft and is NBA-ready day one. I it's agree. It's very rare. I agree, but, but but you know, I, I do believe he'll contribute in a major way just because of his position, right? Like Meaning, like, dude is 7'5". He can put the ball on the, on, on the floor. You know, he seems to make the right play when he's double or he has pressure, meaning how he passes the ball. Um, and then also on the defensive side, right? there, I, I, I hear what you're saying. This is not the same guys that he's going to play against in the regular season, right? It's probably 75% of these guys won't be in the NBA. But that's not changing that he's 7'5 seven, seven, and he's going to be in the paint. Those are problems for guys that come in there. Even mid-range, like he had dudes earballing ball, shots just by running out to him. So it's going to be interesting. You know, I, after the first game, I wanted to double down on my Scoot Henderson uh, 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 point, uh, you know, take on he'll have the, the better career. But after watching the second game, I, I got I to gotta backtrack a little bit. 
Well, I, I, it's going to it's going to be it's going to be interesting watching him this year. But I will say this, Ashley, you're probably right. A lot of growing pains. It's going to be some games where he'll have big games, and then there's some games where, like what the hell did the Spurs sign up for? Yeah. Well, I want to ask both of you guys this because you guys seem to have different expectations for Victor Wembanyama, right? And for the most part, the the reaction to his performance on Friday was like, oh, what was this? Right? Because we're <laughs> expecting him to be the next coming out like, like a LeBron James uh, of some sort. So I want to ask you, like, what are you expecting out of him this season? Because this we had, he had, he's facing the obvious challenges of stature and maybe even where he'd fit in from an offensive standpoint. So what are you expecting out of, out of Victor in year one? Just oh, and, 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 and I want to ask you guys the question, too. Are expectations too high for Victor Wembanyama? On which side of that do you guys yes. stand on? They're mm. too high. Yeah. And the only thing that I'm expecting from him is development. I'm not expecting this, you know, sensational winning season for the Spurs. First of all, the Spurs in them, as, as a team, as an organization, mm -hmm. are not a championship team. Mm. They're barely a play-in team. Like, mm. let's be honest. They're barely a play-in team, but that's okay. Everyone knows that. They're not in that space yet. This is a team that is going through and has been going through a rebuild. Mm-hmm trying to figure out their identity from their championship era of Ginobili, Parker, and Duncan. And when DeJounte Murray was there, you thought that maybe this team could be, and that didn't happen. So they're trying to figure out their identity. This is the way that they're going to start building that. This is the foundation. Wemby is the centerpiece of what the Spurs will be for many seasons to come. With that said, I'm just expecting development. I'm expecting him to get stronger. I'm expecting him to get more balanced. I'm expecting him to get more familiar with the American game. I'm not expecting a miracle. Mm. And I think that going back to my first point, people get caught up in the draft magic and and just all the, the hoopla surrounding him. And that's great because there is so much, he's going to be sensational. Mm. There's so much about him in one player that it's hard to not see the potential of him. With that said, it's not going to happen overnight. So for people who think that the potential and you know the aura and just the the magic that has surrounded Wembyana this entire draft process means or equates rather instant success have not been paying attention. He is not ready to take the league by storm yet, and that's okay. It was always going to be a project the allure of him is what he can be. He's a mixture of KD, Porzingis. Like, that was always the appeal of him. It's very rare that you get a LeBron James who can go straight into mm -hmm. the NBA and he's ready to go. It's, it's a yeah. different situation, and that's okay. So I'm not expecting a miracle from him. I'm just expecting him to get better than what he is right now. I'm glad you brought up LeBron James. If you go to his rookie year, 2003-2004, um, he averaged 20 points, five assists, five rebounds. Uh, he was rookie of the year. I think that is the benchmark for Victor. I wouldn't be surprised if Victor uh, had the same similar stat line. If he averaged 20 points, if he averaged five, uh, no, I wouldn't say five blocks. That's way too much. But let's say uh, I give him the, I'll give, I'll go over on rebounds, right? So maybe seven to ten rebounds. Um, and then on blocks, I'll go three. Why is that your benchmark? I'm curious. Uh, cause when you say this is, uh, we've never seen a prospect like this since LeBron James. I think that's 
the commentary out there. In terms of just, just the, the everything. noise surrounding the, him. The but noise they're, surrounding They're two him. drastically different players. 100%. 100%. But we're talking about a once-in-a-lifetime player. Okay. We're talking about something the league has never seen before, right? Like LeBron had his own his own space. Victor's okay. going to have his own space, right? 7-5. Uh, he can handle the ball. Got to get better at shooting. What did he average? Like 30, what is he, like 33% from the field or something like that? Roughly. I don't know off the top of my Got to get better there. But the dude has tremendous upside. All right. If this dude can potentially be um, the face of the NBA in years to come, then I expect his first year not to be sensational, not to take the league by storm, but I expect him to come in and contribute in a major way. 20 points is not far off for a guy like, I mean, hell, he'll get he'll get five, six putbacks by being mm-hmm. seven, a seven-footer, right? So I don't think 20 points is far off. I don't think rookie of the year is far off. It's not, but I just, I think that we're, we also venture into dangerous territory when we compare him to a LeBron or LeBron's rookie experience or even a Zion and all the, you know, magic that surrounded that because they're different type of players. They have different type of bodies. And I they also come from a different type of game. Think about LeBron played American high school basketball. A lot of the guys he played against during those years were drafted either before or after them. He was playing against those guys. The same thing with Zion. He came from Duke, one of the best programs in the country. He was NBA ready. That's like did you see who Zion played against in no, high school? No, what I'm saying is, is I know he, you talked about Duke for one year. No, but, but Zion was playing in makes, South Carolina against. <laughs> that makes a difference though. Zion came out of one of the best programs in the country. Those guys come Duke? out of Duke. Duke is one of the best. Programs I know. Yeah. In the okay. Country. Duke, but his four year when all I'm those not talking, highlights. I'm not talking about high school i said high school for lebron because he didn't go to college zion came out of duke which those guys most of the time are nba ready that's like coming out of kentucky that's like the equivalent of coming out of alabama as an nfl player like that's basically the nfl it's a different level of 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 just structure and a different level of being molded of preparation so when you do get drafted that transition's not as hard we're talking about somebody who's coming from a different country a different league that plays different rules that different body types have different levels of success he has to adjust yep. to not only being smaller who, who, in size than everybody around him but who are we to say who but are, also a game that he's not familiar with playing the expectation should not be the same of who, lebron james and a zion who are we to say that the nba still dominate in basketball globally Right? I'm not saying if you it's look dominating. At, I said it's a look different Look at the, game. the last MVPs. Was it last three or four MVPs? They're not from America. But they've Giannis, been playing Joker, the American game. Huh? They may not be American of, of nationality, but they've been playing the American game for X amount of years. Giannis has been playing in America for how long? Jokic is seven, eight seasons. Yeah, but what I'm saying Luka's, is... But what, what four I'm, but Basically, what I'm saying is when you look at Victor, and right. yes, he's from France. Right. Okay? Different game. Right. Still a good game. Right? I'm not. I'm not saying the game is less than. I'm saying it, it's a different game. So he doesn't. You thing, can't compare him to a Luca and, and a Jokic. And one thing. And one thing that translate, right, and travels is a shot, right. And I know he he's not the greatest shooter right now, but he has the potential to be a really good shooter and really of efficient. Of course. Um, another thing that travels is also how tall he is, right. Another thing that travels 
It's for him, like he, he his impact on the game is not going not not going to be necessarily thirty points a night. It could be just getting his other guys in position. The way he passes the ball to his decision making, it definitely stood out to me in the first two games. No, I'm not. I'm just saying the expectation needs to be different for him than a Zion or LeBron. Their experiences are different. And when I compare it to the American game, I'm not saying the American game's less than. They have rules that I wish we implemented in the American game that I think that makes that game a little bit tougher and more defensively opening than I feel like we have in the NBA. There's mm-hmm. a lot of positives about the EuroLeague. I'm simply saying that unlike a Jokic or Giannis or Luka, he doesn't have the benefit of time on his side right now. Those guys have been playing in the NBA for a long time. Yeah. So they they have adjusted to the way that the game is played. So they may take aspects of that Euro League and that Euro, um, uh, you know, growing up playing that version of the game and implement it into the American game 100%. You see that. But Victor just got here. It's going to take him some time. So, so I agree. He will be a fo- the focal point of the Spurs. Will he be rookie of the year? I think it's a high possibility, but I think Scoot has a good chance yeah, to I win know. it. I love Scoot. I think Brandon Miller has a good chance to win it. And again, those guys have been playing in the U.S. I, I they, those guys so physically give me, are give, NBA give, give ready. Me, give me Victor's uh, season-ending stat line. <laughs> um... Brandon Marshall here, Ashley Nicole Moss, Corey in the cut, Woo Out West, BC in the booth. We're on YouTube streaming. We're streamers, okay? We, we're, we're broadcasting on YouTube Monday through Thursday. Faction Talk Channel 103, Sirius XM for all of our listeners out there. Don't forget to listen to us. May make your drive go. a little easier. Points per game, I would give him a range of anywhere between 15 to 20. 15? No, you, that's, that's too broad. Come on. pick 15 to 20 is not, is not that's not, why did you say 15? Like, that's a small number. That's not a small number. For <laughs> yeah. a rookie? I say it's realistic. That's realistic. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get a lot of rebounds because I feel like he's going to have a hard time in uh, the paint. People are going to be bullying him. I think his highest. I love his hustle. His great hustle, I but I think they're going to. Did you see how he was attacking the boards? Just like, even his own putbacks. Following his own shot. He's not going to be attacking the boards like that when Jokic is breathing out his neck. Uh, Jokic? You think Jokic? You like Jokic on the defensive side? Jokic don't play no defense. He's he's a rebounding animal. He's a rebounding machine. Like, that's what he does. But he ain't playing no defense. I'm talking about when we talk about rebounds, you have to be on the boards. He's not going to be getting, you know, uh, 15 15 rebounds a game when Jokic and Aaron Gordon are hitting him from left and right. That's not. You know what I mean? Like, I think his hot, I think assists and points are going to be probably his biggest numbers. I don't have him averaging more than 20 points a game, though. Will he like lead the league in blocks line. this year? That's, that could be a potential. Three, what is it, 3.1? I, 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 would, I wouldn't be mad Last at that Last year it was three, three, three even, but it was uh, Jaron Jack, Jackson, yep, Jaren from, Jackson Memphis. from Memphis. Yeah. Jaron Jackson's strong, though. I want to ask y'all this, though. Would this be a more realistic expectation for him or, or rather a better benchmark in comparing him to the greats in his first year, the amount of wins that the Spurs improve in? Wouldn't that be like a, a good benchmark, you'd say? I like that. Because LeBron James, when he came in, the Cavs were horrible. The next year when he came in, they didn't make it to the playoffs, but they improved by 18 wins. Is that like more like could we could we come up maybe with a number 
that the Spurs need to improve by. And then if, what if was they, the record they last year? That, then I think that'd be a good successful year for. I agree with that, Corey. It all, it, you know, wins and yeah, losses is the number if, one stat. Line. I think the Spurs, if obviously the Spurs get better, they're the worst team in the NBA. Right. So there's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like I mean, they, they can't the get worse. But if they, they the there, what if they back? What if they in the, they still in the bottom three? If they're still in the bottom three, then I don't know if this was a successful pick on there. Who else do they have? Ashley. Who else do the Spurs have? They have Jeremy. I'm drawing a blank on his like show. Sharon, Shaisa, you like him? Yeah, yeah. he was a rookie last year. Do with the, color, the colored hair. You like him? I haven't seen enough of him play if to be familiar with it. Obviously, I haven't watched Spurs games in a very the long time. The hell the Spurs been doing? Just tanking just for No, they, they have a guard. I'm a, I'm a, they I'm do, yes. Name. They do have that. Um, it's Vassell, and they have another one. Vassell. I like Vassell. I like Vassell, and I like um, he's number zero. And they got Pop. You think Pop, I do like Pop still got it? I mean, Pop just signed an extension for five years. So. Five for, what is it, five for 80? Yeah. But does he still got it? Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson. Yes, he's, he's, I like him he's, too. He's legit. People. I think the Spurs are going to improve. Yeah. I I truthfully would not be surprised. Let's start. Let's let me break down the West in my head real quick. He averaged twenty two last year. We got Denver, Memphis, Denver, Memphis, Golden State, Clip. Let me see the top. Lakers, Suns. Mm, yeah, let's go. Clippers. Denver, Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies. You have Lakers. You have Clippers. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a play-in team. Mm. I mean, the Thunder, I don't the think Thunder's the Pelicans. I don't. Too. That's a team that they're going to be battling. The with. Thunder. I'm not worried about the Pelicans. I, I don't. Like, I'm not worried about them. Oh, I forgot Portland though. Portland. Mm. I mean, well, we're going to see what they're going to be able to. Portland they might get, get some good pieces in this. Portland Dane might be a play-in team though. I think, I think we might be shocked I mean, with they what got they do. And the school's nice. They got they, and they have Simons. They have, they got a nice little, they have a, they have a little, they don't have a championship squad, but they have a squad that if you had oh. to see them in the play-in, they may give you a little bit of a. And, and do we remember to include the Mavs? I think the Mavs going to be a problem. Oh, damn. Year. Then no, this is probably not a play-in yeah. team. <laughs> the, the, the West is loaded. This the is West probably is not loaded. a, well, no, play-in goes up to eight. Eight. No. Ten. 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 Mm-hmm. So. The, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's. Maybe. Uh, it's crowded. It's crowded in the West. It's Maybe because you, you got, got the Timberwolves, well. you got the Jazz. I'm not worried about Utah. Be... I'm not worried about nope. Utah. No. Mm, Utah, Utah will start hot, but then they'll fall. They always do. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's it, It's it's a possibility. Oh, yeah. the Kings. Oh, you yeah, didn't even is... say the Kings. They're the top. There. Yes, it's probably and, and not. <laughs> well, luckily for them, they had the in-season tournament. They can win that one. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, just look forward to that. Huh? Yeah, Did we talk a... about that. You don't like. I refuse to talk about that. You don't love it. I hate it. Why? It's just like I don't believe in playing for participation trophies. I just we play to win. I think it's going to make who the said, game who, better. Who said the Who said that? We play the game to win. Uh, Herm Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, what do you play the game for? We what, play what are your thoughts to on win the game. game. Yeah, <laughs> do you I like just, it. I don't really like it because I think that one. You should love it. There's no playoff like repercussions for it. Mm -hmm. Like it's not like it makes it. Not, or ramification, or is that the word I'm looking for? There's no, there's no reward for it. Yes, like the reward do you is love money. Basketball? You love basketball, right? You love. The I NBA? was gonna love it regardless if there's a tournament or not. So <laughs> do you game, love? Do you love to watch the game? For you. De December, uh, November, December, <laughs> yes. January. You think the game is good? But I'm a basketball fan. I you think that's a good product it. that they putting out? It's not. Is it a March product? No. But as a basketball <laughs> fan, I don't care about whether I watch it because I enjoy it. Like. The tournament is for people like you. 
who don't watch basketball until March. Mm -hmm. You need something to get you excited. It's something to help increase the ratings. I personally think. No, I want to see good basketball. Why I want to see I defense. To I want to see defense. I want to see the stars play. I, I want to see the stars I, play hard. I That's what the tournament and, does I, for I, me. No, it does it for you, but I, I hate to burst everybody's bubble. Players don't give a crap about an in-season tournament. They're playing for banners, rings, and championships and parades. You five hundred thousand? They you don't care. Five hundred thousand to somebody who's on a supermax. No. What difference does that make? Draymond pays that in fines. That's like it change. doesn't mean anything. That's my whole point. Like to say, oh, we won the in-season tournament, but then you missed the playoffs. Like, okay, congratulations. Like for me, that in-season tournament is pointless. It means nothing in the grand scheme of things. Like, okay, you won the in-season tournament, but you're in Cancun. You don't have yeah. a championship. There's no banner. There's no ring on your finger. Like, I'm giving half a million dollars to guys making well, it 270 works. It works. million. It works in the Premier League in soccer. That's different. It works there. It's different. First of all, there's more teams in, there's more clubs in the sport of soccer. Mm -hmm. And also, there are there's a reason to win that because when you play in those situations, depending on the cup, you have a you have an opportunity that to again enter a larger club or a larger um, what's it called? Just tournament or tournament. Like if there's 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 actual Ooh. like a reward for that. Like if you beat certain teams so, so and you get you in go. there, I'm not familiar with the exact making of it, but it's not just money and a meaningless trophy. Like mm. there's actually something that comes from that. It's different. So, so the inaugural in-season tournament will tip off on Friday, November 3rd uh, and culminate with the championship on Saturday, December 9th. The semifinals will be Thursday, December 7th. I know you don't care about this, Ashley. And the championship will take place, guess where? At the T-Mobile Arena if in Las they Vegas. they just wanted to do a game in Vegas, just do <laughs> the, it. You don't need to make this tournament. fake tournament <laughs> to make that it's happen. It's good. It's good. The product is so bad. This product, is no, the stars aren't playing. The Let stars aren't playing question, hard. Brandon. Do you think that the tournament is going to make player? This is, a, again, a tournament that means nothing. Yeah. A tournament that means nothing. Do you think that that means that... Kawhi Leonard is still not going to load manage in December. Do you think he gives a damn about an end season tournament? I don't see how it's going to change the product. I don't. I. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, so I don't. It'll that's be what interesting I'm not to watch this year. But what I do know is the NBA realized that their product is so terrible. TV ratings are so low. Come November, December, even in January, that they had to do anything. So you need to tell these basketball players. They're the problem. They're the reason why we have this in-season tournament. Make, but nobody's answering my question. How does this make the product better? I think I, I do. I do agree with you if that there I will be a quiet bench. And there I'm may be some max players that don't care about the five hundred thousand. They don't care about the in-season tournament, right? Um, but everyone else, yeah, everybody else on the team, they care about that five hundred thousand. They do care about you know going out there and playing harder. And I think long term, long term, people will embrace it more. Like when you look at and you study the Premier League and their end season tournament, like that's a big deal for them. Right now, it's so disruptive and unpopular that people are like, oh, who cares about this thing? But I do think people, the competitive juice will, will get going. And in the next couple of years, guys will go out there and play hard and try to win. I don't. You don't. I think with this in-season tournament, they feel like they're solving a problem. But it's, it's not. Create, it's creating another problem. My I whole know. my whole thing is, is like, if I'm the Golden State Warriors, right, 
you think that like I'm gonna play if I was playing a certain type of way in November without the tournament, mm. do you think the end season tournament's gonna make me play hard? Do you think I give a damn about an end season tournament? I'm the Golden State Warriors. I'm a <laughs> dynasty. I'm playing for a banner. I don't give a crap about a meaningless trophy. Right. My whole thing is is like I don't understand what it's solving. Yeah, I can understand if everybody participates, then yeah, it would be a it'd be fun watch to watch. This. It'd be a great tournament. Within I personally three years, don't three believe years, that the be players at the care. Tournament championship in Vegas. <laughs> Within three years, Ashley Nicole Moss will be sitting courtside in the in-season tournament championship in no, Vegas. No, I won't. Yes, you I'm will. Watch. What I, I, I like Ashley's going to be like, oh I my like, goodness, it's so I good. I like to watch real championships, the ones that you get banners and parades They're going to get banners my, for this. My, they're going to get banners. They're not giving a banner for they're an in-season tournament. Yes, they Are you will. crazy? Yes, they will. That'd yes, so they funny. will. You don't think they're going to get banners? For an in-season tournament? Yes. I swear to God, <laughs> if the NBA hangs really an in-season tournament, in-season tournament banner, and in the arena of the winner, I am going to throw up. That is so egregiously dis. That is blasphemous. Banners are for championships that you so get good. parades for. That is so egregiously disrespectful. Do not do that. Do At not the conclusion do that. of the in-season tournament, here's some other facts. The NBA will name the most valuable player of the competition. Oh my God! Um, selection will be based on. <laughs> so that that's a big deal. Those what has happened to the game that I love? Why are we doing this? Man, this is true. like participation trophy, just culture, and I hate it. We're giving MVPs for in-season tournaments. In Let's honors. give them rings too. Screw point. it. Let's put the season on pause after the in-season tournament and let the winner get a parade. So, are they still doing the All-Star? Yes. They're still doing All-Star? Oh, I'm okay. so disgusted. What is All-Star is in February? Yeah. Okay. I'm the, so I'm so, oh, I'm so skeeved out by this. I just can't. You shouldn't. What just 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 be patient. Be patient. You probably said the same thing when they did the play-in game. The play-in at least made more sense. There were playoff did ramifications. You, how did you feel about it? the play-in? When they when they announced the play-in how, what was your first response? The initial, the initial, because they changed the rules Just of the play-in. The, the first time they did the play-in, it wasn't, it didn't make sense. And then they, I think they changed it the following year. Like they so, ramified it. And, and how do you feel about it now? I, but I never had an issue with the play-in because it made sense. There were playoff ramifications for them. You knock a team <laughs> right. out, you get into the playoff. Direct this doesn't playoff mean So you didn't say, you weren't one of the ones that said, this doesn't make sense. Why are we doing this play-in? The only thing I didn't, the only thing that didn't make sense to me was... Okay. The the nine ten, I just felt like it was too much. Like, like the it was, ones that they lose, they get another. Yeah, chance, if part? they lost, they got another. Like that was that was weird to me. But the overall concept of the play-in, I didn't have an issue with because that was and helping it, uh, you to either not or have a chance to win a championship. Another, another this thing, means nothing. Another thing that we always got to think about, and and you'll see our leagues, uh, become more creative in years to come. We're in the entertainment business, right? Yeah. NBA, NFL, et cetera, et cetera. So with that being said, what they need is more product to sell. So this in-season tournament gives the NBA another opportunity to partner with another network on this particular product, right? Their goal is to drive revenue. Their goal is to bring in more profit. So we always got to keep it. that in mind, mm -mm. right? Like a lot of opportunities here. You know, you look at the NFL. The NFL has been able to monetize or, or create tempole events that like nobody thought about. We're talking about the NFL draft, combine, 
Combine. They're 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 making millions of dollars off of Combine. You watch the Combine? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you watch the Combine? A little bit. I watch it. Yeah. Is it, it must see TV for you? But that's what I'm saying. Uh, how about, how about the Pro Bowl? Is that must see TV for you? No. Do you run to your TV and say, oh my yeah, God, I have not. to watch the Pro Bowl? Let me watch them play flag football and dodgeball. You know what? Though, do you Ashley, watch, do you, is you that must see TV for you? Good question. Good question. Good question. You know what? No, I don't. But there's somebody out there who do, who does. This is just backwards. Like, there's a lot of fans out there to watch backwards. anything. We could have used this energy to make All Star Weekend better. Yeah. To to revive All Star Weekend, make the All Star Game an actual game again. Like when Kobe and Bryant and Utah. those guys were playing, when they actually played to win, mm-hmm. or when Jordan was in the All Star Game, they or when those when they when they played points. to win, they were playing defense. They played an actual pickup basketball game, right, right, right. not playing a bunch of points, and then in the last five minutes, going ahead and playing some rem- some remnants of defense. So it looks like we didn't just throw the game away. Mm-hmm. Why don't we fix that instead of giving us a meaningless in-season tournaments so we can start making teams who don't win anything feel good about themselves. Hey, side note on the All-Star weekend, right, or week rather, I heard somebody present the idea of one-on-ones, like actually one Hell yeah. between the Hell yeah. Why don't we do that? Cool, right? Yeah. Let's do that. Let's have Kyrie cool. versus James Harden one-on-one, best to like, ten. Yeah, oh, you know Why what? are we doing this? Centers, forwards That's forwards, the new like – we got to talk about this. The, the, there's a new uh, women's league that's coming out this year. Few uh, players are behind it, and they're going to do like one on one and three on three. Mm. It's going to be some cool additions to what they're doing. Just, I would like to see one on one. That does. want to be so. Let's do that. Let's do that in Vegas. That I would pay to see. <laughs> right. James Harden, Kyrie, best of ten. Mm-hmm. That'd be sick. James Harden versus Kyrie. That'd you think one-on-one? James Harden has a chance? You know, if James Harden is a pretty good one on one. Well, at least back in his day, he was. That was just the first match that came is, to mind. If his but shot is hitting, I think it's a yeah, good match. Yeah, hell yeah. That'd be LeBron and KD, who you got? KD. Isn't that crazy? I think I would. I know. I think KD popped into my LeBron head. LeBron or Giannis? Probably LeBron. I don't know. You One-on-one? Yeah, One-on-one? I mean, Giannis, Giannis, has, is, Giannis is a cheat code. He's just running to the rim and dunking it every time. Giannis or Joker. But I feel like LeBron has a little bit more in, does, his, in, he, his, in his no, bag. No, he does, but you have to hit every single shot. That's because Giannis true. Is that just is true. Drive to LeBron, the rim LeBron or, did I say Joker? That'd be a, that'd be a LeBron and Luka would be a, did you say that already? Giannis, Giannis, Giannis or Joker? I don't think there's anybody who could beat Giannis. Jokic is slow, so... One on one, and, I, and Giannis I'm, can't shoot. So you say Joker's slow. He don't have to go out there and guard the. Remember, one on one, you you can't pass the yeah. ball. You yeah, the only one who yeah, has the ball in your hand. And there's a lot of space. I think that's that's what we should point out. <laughs> I I I, I lean towards Giannis still, mm. like not by much. I would lean towards Giannis still, but like I said, not by much. Ja Morant or Kyrie. Kyrie. Not even close. Mm, Kyrie has the best handles, I Ooh, think. Of a- Luca or LeBron. That's the best matchup right there. That's a good matchup. Why are we not doing this? Why are we, this should this should be this should be the thing? Right, let the fans vote on the matchup. This should be no, like you put you have like East West, right, mm-hmm. and you put them in those oh, giant bin thingies that they used to do the lotto with, mm-hmm. right. And you have them spit out random matchups, and whoever you get is is your okay, matchup. Okay. So like all the players from the East, all the players from the West, 
and you do maybe like 10 matchups. And tally it up and whoever wins, wins. And that's, it's all random, mm -hmm. not fan, but maybe you do like, and then it's rounds, like it keeps going and maybe you have the fans vote like at some, in some capacity, mm -hmm. but do like random matchups at least for the first round and do like a best of three and then, or however you get until you have two standing, one mm -hmm. from, I mean, yeah, one from the East, one from the West and have those two battle it out. And whoever wins is a champion. That'd be sick. It would. I, I just know that it, it'd probably end up being like a center versus a point guard. Like that's why I would want. No, you have that. to organize them by position, mm -hmm. like east versus west, but position yeah. based. But you almost gave me the idea. Then you could just go with those one-on-one -on -one matchups, tally up the score from east and west, and then stop running from stop running from the in-season tournament. You guys are gonna love it. You're gonna uh, love it, Ashley. I can't wait to hit up Ashley in December. You know what? I'm not gonna. You love know what? That. We're going. I'm not going to that. I'm going to be sitting courtside. Cool. You want me to have your popcorn? You like popcorn? I love popcorn. You not with my in-season tour. I love this. I oh, my goodness. I didn't think this was going to be so good. It made the game so much better. Mm -mm. You're going to love it. <laughs> the game doesn't need to be better for me. It's fine where it is. Really? It's the casuals like you they're trying to appeal to. Definitely a casual. I'm not watching. Well, you know what? No, this year I'm actually going to be watching in, in, in November. But usually, I don't watch till March, April. I start watching in March, following along. You don't April, even watch college it. football, and that's your sport. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not watching no college football. <laughs> I watch <laughs> NFL. I like high school football. I like basketball come April. How did you skip college football? <laughs> because it's too much going on. Football. It's overwhelming. There's a there's High like, school football is not overwhelming to you? No, like you go to uh, the right, because like it's local games, right? Mm. Like I'm, I'm talking about in person. No, I'm talking about watching it. No, it's it's amazing. Like you you go to a local game and you see some of the kids that you've watched grow up, or some of the superstars in the area. It's a really good game to so me. You that's don't the like purest watching, form of football. You don't like watching college and seeing the guys that are next up. Like it's too much going on. The game and the game is trash to me. Like I don't <laughs> like the the like offensively. You know, it's like they the quarterbacks drop back. They look at one side. They have two reads, three reads, and that's it on one side. It's trash. Defensively, I don't even know what these defenses are, Corey. It's like three, three, know. three. What conferences are you watching? Damn. Like, yeah, like, what are you watching? good football in the SEC. Like, good SEC has football. good football. Good pro-style offenses. You don't think the SEC has good football? I ain't watching none of those games. You don't watch Bama? You don't watch Georgia? You don't watch none any of, of those? None of them. It's you watch Bama, Bama, Bama wins by 30, 40 every game. No, not not. You not weren't as watching Clemson back Alaska, in the day. You weren't watching Georgia Clemson back now. in the day. Same thing. You weren't watching Ohio State. No, LSU. So you, what you, you what I would watch LSU? is let's say let's when say Zeke like Zeke was on the squad. You weren't Fiesta watching Bowl, the Buckeyes. Fiesta Bowl, Sugar Bowls, those type of games. But I'm not watching Week One, Week Three, Week Five. Games is trash. Come on, Corey. You <laughs> oh, know see, that. Yeah, I mean I don't know. Would you I, rather I, watch High School? Or no, college, no, court. definitely watching. Definitely watching. He said, "Hell no. Yeah, no." You like college over high yes, school? Yes. I understand what you're saying. If you're embedded in the community and you know some of these guys that are coming up, then then yeah, that you know, high school football is cool to watch. But yeah, if it's not STA, if it's not St. Thomas Aquinas High School playing like a like a the number one or two three ranked school in the, in the nation, I'm not watching it now. Mm, interesting. Some of the games that they do um, down in Texas are pretty good. Those Friday Night Light games, they're yeah. okay. They're, yeah. like, better than, like... Um, but all them Texas schools don't even want to see these Florida schools. Like, back in the day here, when so. Archie Manning was playing. <laughs> Ain't that right, Will? Yeah. That huh? was cool. Archie's his name, right? The son? Archie, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right, right, right. When he was playing in high school, those games were pretty cool to watch. Yeah, yeah. No, but, I mean, I mean that's every that's once every blue moon. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like... 
Well, so. we, we began this talking about Victor Wimbayama. Any final comments on Victor Wimbayama before we move on? Let's, let's move on. What well, else do we have? Well, before we move on, if you're the Spurs, are you shutting are you shutting them down in the summer league? Yes. Yeah. How many more games do they have? Was it like another week out? Probably only more. like two more games. I think it's four total. Why do you shut them down? Because we have training camp. Why risk it, right? And he's got to train until training camp. And then we have preseason. And then we have the regular season. Why risk it I'm to play against? Why risk it to play against guys who may or may not be in the league? You're drafted. It's American, American. What you say? It's he a, has it's a, a whole the American game. He has a whole season to learn. Need the American you get game. caught up right now. No, he's not gonna get caught up in two games. It's cool. You can shut it down. Okay. So, all right. Well, moving on. Moving on, guys. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Dwight Howard. We're talking about centers, right? Dwight Howard claims that when he was in his prime, he was better than Nikola Jokic. And I got a quote from him here too. He says, I was getting 38 and 20, 45 and 18, 19, 20, and I'm doing all of this with twos, no threes, all twos. I'm doing this with lobs. I'm not getting a lot of people uh, post-up attempts like Jokic. He's getting way more opportunities. What are your thoughts on this? you think Dwight Howard, prime Dwight Howard is better than Jokic? No. <laughs> I think fun. Dwight Howard, prime Dwight Howard was defensively better than Jokic for sure, hmm. for sure offensively no i mean we're talking about maybe dwight howard had a season a couple of seasons max with the numbers that Jokic puts up nightly mm -hmm. and he averaged yeah. that maybe one or two seasons of his career also we have to look at the landscape of the game when dwight howard was playing there weren't nearly as many dominant big men as they are right now yeah. and not only dominant but versatile big men big men who not only were in stature huge but could also shoot mm -hmm. that's not what the landscape of the league looked like so any of those points that he was putting up on guys that are, were around Garnett, his side paul gasol okay name me more uh both of those guys are kind of powerful the yeah, and, they were pa and they were powerful <laughs> the lopez brothers they were guarding each other you already you're okay who else there were what i'm saying is right. There was no. You're saying you're there saying was no back in the White's day, there, weren't, there weren't no there, dominant big. I men? didn't say that. I said there weren't nearly as many dominant and versatile big men as there are now. I, I would say versatile, versatile. Might be accurate. Yeah. That's why I said nearly as many dominant and versatile big men as think, there are I now. Think, We're listen, not just talking size. I'm not a huge Dwight Howard. Fan. We're talking guys who can do multiple things, including play a center position but they can yeah but that's but that but that's not the conversation I, i'm not a big you have to look at that though to analyze his statement the landscape of the league matters dwight howard um i think he's probably one of the most disrespected i agree with players you. ever yeah, he should have been in the nba top 75 i 100 percent agree with that i think he's off here but not far me either i don't think he's far off like i guess like said. dwight howard was that guy I agree yeah. with you completely. He, he dominated. Um, it's totally. It's a total different game, right? His game compared to Nikola uh, Jokic. Um, the Joker is a better basketball player. Mm -hmm. He, you know, he'll have the better career when it's all said and done if he stays healthy, and he continues to work. But Dwight Howard is not far off here. I'm not saying he's far off. I'm saying he's not better than Nikola Jokic. Was yeah. he defensively better? Absolutely. Was he an absolute monster on the court? Absolutely. Should he been NBA top 75? Absolutely. Was he snubbed and disrespected by not making that list? Absolutely. But, but the, offensively speaking, he was not better than Nikola Jokic. And also... What makes the, you better offensively, though? 
he couldn't score like Jokic. Well, if he's averaging, he's, like he said, 38 minutes, 40. He minutes. averaged that maybe one or two seasons of his entire career. Jokic does that nightly. Well, I mean, Jokic, uh, he's been doing this for what, two years, three years? I mean, we can, three, three I can years, go ahead three and pull up his years. numbers for you right I, now. Remember, he came in a chunky boy. I got, I got Dwight Howard Joker stats. came in Dwight a Dwight Howard chunky averaged 15 points in his career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had multiple seasons where he, he, had, he, had, he had multiple seasons oh, where he three, scored four. more, but his average was 15. Nikola Jokic, I believe, averaged 24 thus far, right? So, sounds about right. At, right, 24, but, 25 points. So Dwight Howard's best season was in 2010. He averaged 22 points, 14 rebounds. That's pretty good. I mean, and then 20, the year afterwards, 22. he averaged 20 points. MB averaged 33 last rebounds. year. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, because they all contribute in different ways. But That's, also, like I said, great player, mm-hmm. not better than Jokic. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. It, that's yeah, not I, a knock. We're I'm talking not, about the MVP. Fight for you, Dwight. We're talking know, about right? the MVP <laughs> here. That's not a knock. The two-time MVP, almost three-time MVP, the world champion, Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Not taking a knock from you, Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. Not saying that you haven't been disrespected in this league. I 100% agree with you, Brandon. I think he has been. But you don't got to throw a shot at Jokic. He didn't do it. Not right. right. <laughs> he didn't do it. I got it. some news of the day. What's that? Uh, Peterson. I knew yeah. Can we go to Peterson? What's his first Peterson name? Who? It's Josh Peterson. Tell Josh me. Peterson. Is he Did related to this? Doug Peterson? They tried this in, in, in Jacksonville uh, uh, before with um, Tim Tebow. Remember Tim Tebow was brought in by Coach Urban Myers, played tight end. Well, Josh Peterson is a tight end. Uh, made his way around a little bit, but he is the son of the head coach. A little du- nepotism. Oh, so he is related to Doug Peterson. He is. Do we have any B-roll or anything here? Corey? No? No, no, no. Oh, we don't. Okay, we anyway, so Josh Peterson, son of Jaguars coach Doug Peterson, set the sign with Jacksonville. I think he was in a USFL last year, uh, had like 300-something yards, and now he's with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you see this as a problem, Ashley? Well, was he good? He <laughs> or is he good? He had 340 yards or something in USFL. I, I mean, don't see nothing wrong with it. Is this a signing off of potential, maybe? I, I, mean, uh, I, it, I mean, it's nepotism. Do you know what nepotism yeah, no, is? Like, I mean, I was, I'm just trying to give them Look, the if my son was decent, I would sign him. Why not? Probably was, you know, on film showing that he can block really well, too. Yeah. Open up some. Come I mean, and play I'm special sure, teams. I'm sure Doug Peterson had to, like... Like get this approved by multiple people. He didn't just sign him off the street with a napkin. Like, Ugh. hey, son, compl- like, I think he had to go through a few steps. But I mean, we've seen this before, right? Like, look at the Knicks, for example. Jalen Brunson, his dad works with the New York Knicks. He's a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't oh, know that. Oh, and actually, on the Cowboys, but he's um, good though, Jalen. I know. But what good. I'm saying is, we've seen this before. I remember when J.R. Smith was playing for the Knicks. His brother Chris was signed to the Knicks. Obi mm-hmm. Toppin. His brother was just drafted to the Knicks. Not saying they had anything involved with it. Giannis is going to have. Look at Giannis. Giannis, Giannis <laughs> has his brothers and everything with him. Yeah, Are they right. good basketball players? Hey, Probably not. Listen, in three years, Giannis is going to have all, th- what, three of his brothers on that team. Oh, he has yeah. a younger brother that's playing overseas. Right. There's so he has one with them already, right? His brothers literally are doing the skills challenge at All-Star Weekend. And get no playing time like yeah. it's it's it happens it happens i i listen 
Giannis should never leave. I don't have any issue with. I mean, team. I know some. I know nepotism is a very like uh, sticky subject for people, and some people hate it, and some people love it. I just feel like I don't know. I don't really. There have... you go. <laughs> what you think, Ashley? Yes, yeah, for, for all of our listeners on uh, Sirius XM Channel One Hundred Three Faction Talk, you can't see this picture. We're on YouTube right now. Um, and there's a beautiful picture of Josh Peterson. Does he look like a baller, Ashley? He's six. He got his veins popping out of his arms. Now is he signed, signed, or is he? Yeah, he's about like to be signed. He's going to be signed. Practice squad signed, or like still trying to make the roster signed. I mean, you still everybody got to make the roster. Oh, so he may camp. not even make the team. Just yeah, give, he's just giving him a shot to try to make the team. Correct. Okay. My, I'll tell you this: If I'm Doug Peterson, my son will make the team. Tight end, go block, special teams. But what if he's not good? Oh, he's going to be good enough. He's going to find a way. So you're just going to cheat the system. That's right. Okay. 100%. So you're the worst kind of nepotism. Then. Oh, yeah. I mean, isn't that what nepotism, nepotism is? Uh, nepotism. No, there's levels to nepotism. There's nepotism where it's like you know that your son or daughter is qualified and you're in a position to help them out and you give them an opportunity, whether it's yep. working for the family business or giving them an opportunity in like – I don't know, music or art or wherever your your pull is. And then there's nepotism where it is like you are not qualified in any capacity. You should not even be anywhere near the job description that you have, but you are just there because you have the same last name as your daddy. But he's That's qualified. Different he, went to, he played college football. He played in the USFL. No, I'm talking about you. You said that he would make the team regardless. I said, what if he's not good? And you said, I don't oh, care. Oh, yeah. I mean, because like, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> if he's – you know, the last tight end on the roster, you know, and there's a kid that's better than than, than him. Um, neither one of them going to play, so I'm going to go with my son. That is crazy. <laughs> right. So, like, you're the last guy, wow. last tight end on the roster. You're probably going to be on special teams. You'll probably be on practice squad. That's not right. So, instead of giving it to another kid that's not going to do anything and contribute, I'd rather give it to my son. That's not right. <laughs> that's not right. That's how the world works. So, you're telling me. If you had two wide receivers, yep. your son is one and Corey's the other. And Corey beats your son. Why are you doing that? I just, I just <laughs> had some usual examples. Well, that's different. And we, Corey you know. beats your son out in, in, two receivers. in preseason. He's going with his son. You are they at the bottom of, uh, of the depth chart? They're number three. Third straight. No, three. You got to play at three. Okay, so four. You got to play at four. Five. My top four. Five? Fifth oh, string. now we're talking. Fifth string. <laughs> Fifth and Corey, six. Corey beat your son in every single possession possible during right. preseason. Yep. The film is out that he was the better wide receiver. Yep. You're still taking your son? Um, um, Sean, can you go down in the locker room and, and bring Corey Holmes up to me? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Corey. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, we're going to have to release you today. You, you did an amazing job. You came in. You worked hard. Really have nothing bad to say um but we're going to go in a different direction okay you know the locker room will be talking so much crap about you behind hey, your back hey that's football you know man you know Brennan, he let Corey go to sign his whack that, ass so son. that's what's going to happen with <laughs> uh, doug peterson that happens in locker room but why year. would you want to even put your kid through that he gonna get a check <laughs> he gonna he gonna he gonna get an opportunity hey listen Hey, family over everything. That's crazy. Close. That's right. That's nuts. They're going to be talking so much crap about you. Poor. Mm. 
your poor kids not even gonna have no friends in that locker room. They all you never be gonna talk him. to them people that's talking about you. You never gonna talk to. All them gonna be looking at him team. crazy like. Every time they're, he's in the locker room, they're going to bump him and be like, yo, you only here because your daddy's a coach. <laughs> <laughs> Move out my way, daddy's boy. It's going to be interesting. Here's a storyline to follow um, as training camp gets underway here in the next couple of weeks. Tight end Josh Peterson, son of Jaguars coach Doug Peterson, set to sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's see if he has it or not. Let's see. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Or your grandma here with us, making carne asada. She does love a cold Corona. Throw in some dancing. Oh, we can watch the game. I'll drink to that. So a backyard concert with football, food, dancing, and Corona? And your grandma. Or we could keep it simple. Simple is good. Want a Corona? Thanks. Salud to the perfect day. Corona, la vida más fina. Get your Corona at orderCorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, moving on. So this is a guy, you know, we've been keeping up with, but he made some interesting comments over the weekend. I'm talking about DeAndre Hopkins. Hmm. Y'all, he says he won't stop playing until he's not an 1,000-yard receiver. This was his quote. He says, I'll retire from football when I'm not a 1K-yard receiver. With that said, I was on pace for 1,400 yards last year, one significant injury in 11 years. I might be playing until I'm 37 the way I feel. Yeah. I mean, Brandon, as as a receiver who I mean, who, you went through this, right? There's still, you know, I mean, what is what is he experiencing right now? Is he you think he still can, you know, play at a high level or is he approaching it? How many more years does he have? I'm like, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on this? Um, what is it? What he's experiencing right now is frustration. Um, the process is different as you get older. Right. Um, the Ezekiel Elliott's of the world. Um, the DeAndre Hopkins of the world. They have to wait until they get closer to camp or maybe into camp when someone goes down to potentially get what they want, right? Because when you're post-30, if you have one dip in production, then they devalue you and they use that as an excuse not to pay you. And I wouldn't even say use it as an excuse. They really believe that a lot of these guys, especially at the running back position, I know we're talking about DeAndre Hopkins, it's like, that's it. So DeAndre Hopkins, all they're looking at is the last couple years. They're looking at D-Hop like, okay, you were on pace for 1,400 yards, but then you got hurt. And this is the first one. Oh, there's more to come. That's how they look at it. So DeAndre Hopkins is definitely experiencing some frustration right now. He has to be patient. 
I do believe if he's patient, he will get close to what he wants. He may not get everything. He may not get the the best quarterback. He may not get a championship team. He may get the money. He may get the yards. And that's what I'm going for, if I'm being honest. From a, from a business perspective, he has to put himself in position where he can go out there and go for 1,000 yards. Because if he doesn't do that, let's say he goes out there and signs a one-year deal, maybe. And he, do, and he has 700 yards, Ashley. Yeah. Next year, there's no real big market, real market for him. They may give him a couple million, but they're not going to go out there and pay him 20, 30 million to what he believes he's worth and what he probably is worth. I do believe DeAndre Hopkins can go out there for a few more years and contribute in a major way and go for over 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins, is, he's like that. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you're on the move, right? Like you get in terrible situations, or I, w- I wouldn't say terrible, not the perfect fit, not the right fit. You and a quarterback aren't aligned, aren't on the same page. Offensively, the philosophy doesn't really match what you do. And what ends up happening, your production dips. And instead of them looking at all of the other factors, they look at as you. Oh, DeAndre Hopkins' production dip. We don't care about the quarterback. We don't care about the offensive coordinator, the philosophy. We don't care about the offensive line. You're the problem, so we're not going to pay you. And so that's where DeAndre Hopkins is right now. Now you talk about those situations that he needs to be looking for. There haven't been really too many updates in you know the teams that are interested. Right now it's still the Patriots and the Tennessee Titans. Are those two situations do you think that he could you know, go for 1,000 yards and place himself in a position – to maybe, you know, extend his career? Can, can we look up uh, – can you look up um, A.J. Brown, what he did uh, with Ryan Tannehill uh, in Tennessee? Uh, Patriots, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't like the Patriots for him. You know, I know Mac Jones been working hard mm-hmm. uh, to get his career on track, get his offense aligned and hit it in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I don't like any of those situations for him. Mm. I got AJ Brown stats. If so. I'm if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. what I do what I would do is go to a situation where I know I'll take a one year deal, maybe a little, maybe less, and 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 make the announcement. This is what I'm doing. Here's here here are my intentions. I'm doing a one year deal, prove it deal. Take a little less to prove to you guys that I am a. 1,200, 1,300-yard receiver, 10-touchdown guy, a Pro Bowl guy, potentially even an All-Pro guy. And then next year, I want the market to meet me where I'm at. But if you go out there and you force it and you have 700 yards, your career is pretty much done. Mm. What is the A.J. Brown stats? So in his first year at Tennessee, he had 52 catches, 1,000 yards. It was like 1,051, eight touchdowns. The next year, 1,075, 11 touchdowns. And then that How many catches in that second year? 70. 70. Then in that third year, 63 catches, 869 yards, five touchdowns. I don't like that. Uh, D-Hop is a lot like me, high-volume guy. Needs to be involved, right? He needs to have 12 to 15 targets a game, and that's – on the high end, but we're talking about seven, eight, nine catches a game. Um, so when you look at A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill, um, 50 catches, 60 catches, 70 catches. For a receiver like this, man, you go through withdrawals, bro. Mm. Never forget playing for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, 
before I got there, I was averaging 100 catches, 100 catches, 100 catches, 100 catches. Get there, it's at my 80, 80. Bro, that's the worst feeling in the world. It's like you're trying to kick drugs. Mm. That ball, bro, is a powerful thing. You know, then I was able to get to Chicago Bears with Jay Cutler and get back on track. So I don't like that. They're not a high-volume team when it comes to passing. Um, they like to run the ball, like to play defense. So I don't like uh, Tennessee for DeAndre Hopkins. And I just don't believe in Mac Jones. And um, I know Billy O'Brien is there. And with Billy O'Brien, if you go to D-Hops. So I don't believe in Mac Jones, but I do believe in Billy O. Because D-Hop had some of his greatest years with Billy O mm -hmm. down in Houston. But there was a lot of beef there <clears throat> um, when they were in Houston. Like Billy O was saying some terrible things, allegedly saying some terrible things about D-Hop. And his just professionalism. And who his character. So I don't know if they sat down when he went on his visit and worked through that. But uh, D Hop should be patient. And a lot of these guys should be patient. Uh, you have Dalvin Cook, you have Ezekiel Elliott. Um, injury is inevitable in the NFL. Guys going to go down in training camp. We're talking about in the first couple of days, you'll see it ACL, Achilles, this, that, and the other. And that's when you're going to have more leverage and your value is going to increase. So just be patient. I wonder, going back to something that you said about, you know, taking less, you know, to with incentives and things like that, and then if you force the issue and you, you're not productive, that that's problematic. He obviously just signed with an agency, mm -hmm. Clutch, I believe, yep. right? Which is something that he famously was one of the players that we've spoken about when we were talking about Lamar Jackson because DeAndre Hopkins negotiated, I believe, one or two deals without an agency. And he, we, we spoke to him about that when he was here as well. Um, I remember when we spoke about that and that news and you said that's probably because he's going to try to get as much money as he possibly can from the organization that's willing to pay him. So after you what you just said and with that, Where's the middle? Because he obviously wants to get paid. Yeah. But you're also in a situation where you're not a young wide receiver. You're trying to prove that you can still be productive. Yep. Sometimes people, are, when you're trying to make a point, are not willing to pay you until you make that point. So where's where's the end game here? All right. So you got to sit down and you got to write down your top fives, right? Like, w what is it that you want? And I don't know what his top fives are. We may have asked him that we question. We asked him. He said a good quarterback. Yep. He wanted to go to a winning organization, a winning team. He wanted a organization that had good front office management, things like that. Um, those were his top three things. He didn't right. give us five. He gave us those three. Right. I would say it's hard as a for for it's hard for a player to come out and say money. Mm-hmm. I would say that you saw this with OBJ as well. I would say that money is on that list. And I would say that all those things matter, but if the money's not right, then a player isn't going to go. Because if, sure, there's teams that he liked uh, stood up and said, yo, we want to mm -hmm. bring you in, but here's the number. They probably had a great quarterback, front office, and uh, the ability to win, but he said no. So I think for him, he has to be honest with himself on what he wants, and I think he do, he, he knows exactly what he wants, and I think money's, you know, uh, on that list, maybe even number one. And so I think he waits for that. But 
the market's going to the market's going to tell you you know what the opportunities are right so in training camp when guys go down if people are still at 10 12 15 million i don't know what his market's at where his market's at right now but if that's where people are at then you have to just jump on whatever's available mm-hmm. right but d hop is looking at obj getting anywhere from 18 to 20 depending on what he does he's looking at you know tyree kill at 30. he still believes he's top five mm-hmm. right so if i'm a top five wide receiver then I should be paid like a top five wide receiver. And that's going to be tough for him to get that type of money. Now, because you kind of just made an interesting point there. You said, you know, if some guys go down in camp, then, you know, then some teams need to consider him. But, like, are you are you suggesting that he might not potentially sign all the way through camp, through, through training camp this offseason? Well, I'm saying right now there's – everybody has their team set, mm-hmm. right, going into training camp. They went through the draft. Well, they went through free agency. Mm-hmm. They went through the second round of free agency. So the way free agency work is the first couple of days, boom, all the big splashes, all the big deals. And then there's the second wave of free agency. So after the second wave of free agency, then you have the NFL draft. So then a team goes in and uh, they any needs they may have, they try to cover that through the draft. After the draft, if they still feel they have some needs or some holes, they then go through a third wave of free agency, right? So once you do that, you're pretty much set. Once you get into training camp, you see what you have. So two things happening in training camp. This dude's a dud. This draft prospect's a bust. This person got hurt. Mm. So now you go and you look at the Ezekiel Elliott's, the Dalvin Cooks, the DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, the uh, Jarvis Juice Landry's of the mm. world. There's still some amazing free agents out there. Uh, Peterson, the cornerback. What's his name? Who, he's that? gonna get mad. We we got into argument in Vegas because he something I said. The the cornerback, uh, Marshawn Lynch's cousin, played oh, for Peters, Marcus Peters. Oh, Marcus, Marcus Peters. Yeah, 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 Marcus Peters. Like that dude can still play at a high level. Yeah, he can. So guys like that are gonna have uh, opportunities. The one from the one who's played for Baltimore. Yes, Baltimore, yeah. the Rams. The Rams also. Yeah. Yeah. Who else did he play for? I know. I Do we know? One more team. Raiders. He was played it, for the Raiders too a little bit. Yeah. Was the Razor the K or KC? I don't remember. I, I just remember him mostly. Marcus Peterson. Can we can we Google I, that? I just remember Peters. Marcus Peters. Peters. I always remember. I just mostly remember him with the Ravens. I can't. Did they win a Super Bowl? Did he win a Super Bowl with he, the Chiefs? With the Rams, I thought he won. He were, Does he have two rings? Mm. No, well, who was that in 2015? No, 2015? He has one with the Rams? Let me look. No, he doesn't have one with the Rams. That was Jalen Rams. Well, yeah, maybe. no, I thought he was on the other side, no? Might be. He's a dog, man. He could have been on the Ravens. That, yeah, that was he was recent. drafted by Kansas City, so. Brandon Marshall, Ashley Nicole Moss, Corey in the cut, Wu Out West, BC in the booth, Mander Legend. This is Faction Talk, Channel 103, Series XM. Also on YouTube, we're YouTubers. Get in the chat. We want to hear your thoughts, your feedback, your banter, all right? Some of your hate, slang. Mm -hmm. Jump in the chat. 
that's where we get better. <laughs> well, look, another guy, and he actually came up when we were talking about DeAndre Hopkins, free agent, who's still looking for a home, that is Ezekiel Elliott. And of course, you know he's been training this offseason. We've we've seen looks him good. pop up on uh, on social media. Yeah, to your point, he looks really good. But no word yet on where he's possibly gonna go. Um, you know, he had a he had somewhat of a down year um, in production last year. It was uh, I'm looking at his stats now. It was the lowest of his career, 876 yards on 230 carries. But he's still productive nonetheless. And, and I have a graphic here, too, kind of laying out some of his, his career stats. If we're talking, like, among active running backs, he has 8,262 career yards, which is second among active running backs. He has 68 touchdowns, second among active running backs, and he averages 80 yards per game. That's fifth among active running backs. Right now, who you guys think would be a perfect fit for Ezekiel Elliott? See, this is the problem, the Corey. Cowboys. This is a beautiful graphic. <laughs> But you, you're, you're, you're setting him up for failure. You think so? Yeah. This is the problem when they see this. <laughs> 8,000 yards, 68 touchdowns, 80 yards per game. Oh, my, the wear and tear. He's done. <laughs> done? Yeah. They, don't, they ain't looking at this saying, oh, we need to go sign him. They're looking at this saying we don't need to sign him. <laughs> Too much wear and tear. So, Ashley, you said the Cowboys is the best fit for him? Yeah, I think you should just come on home. Yeah. I think this is my so, this is my rationale behind it because I don't believe that Ezekiel Elliott is a starting running back anymore. Wherever he goes, I think he's going to be a backup running back. Just because of what the landscape of the running back position looks like now, you think across the league, all the running backs that are currently starters, they're either running back slash wide receivers or they've been in that system for a while, so their pay is already set. And they've, they've, they've just kind of already been solidified where they are. With the exception of maybe like Dalvin Cook, who's on the move, and like there's one other or two other running backs that I'm drawing a blank on. But I think Ezekiel Elliott still fits within the Dallas Cowboys offense. I'm a true believer that I don't think Tony Pollard is a running back that can withstand all of the carries that Zeke has throughout his career. He's a different kind of running back. He's more elusive he's more like a wide receiver running back hybrid which is why he was getting as many touches as he was and he was splitting a lot of the possessions with Zeke because he is what Zeke was when he was younger even so a like and also a little bit different than was because his build's a little bit different but he's what Zeke was when he was younger he's fast he's quick on his feet mm -hmm. he's elusive I think he has better hands than Zeke, though. Zeke was never really that good with his hands, as, like a, a certain um, catching balls and things like that. But I don't think he's that workhorse that Ezekiel Elliott is. I still don't think that he can pound, you know, those holes that the offensive line gets him the way that Zeke can. I don't think that when it comes down to, you know, the red zone and you need someone to just power their way through a defensive line, I'm taking Ezekiel Elliott 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That is his bread and butter. That is what makes him Ezekiel Elliott. I don't see why they can't be a one-two punch combo in Dallas, except now Zeke's not running back number one. He's running back number two. But if you look at last season, that's the direction it was kind of going, mm -hmm. especially towards the end of the season. Pollard was taking more of those snaps than Zeke was. Yeah. Zeke was being brought in sometimes on third down. I don't see why that tandem still can't work. I think it's only beneficial for the longevity of Tony Pollard because I'm a firm believer. I don't think we're going to see a massive payday for a running back anytime soon. So you might as well try to maintain the running back you do have. 
Um, Tony Pollard is how old? 26? Oh, is he that young? 27. How old is he? Uh, I got him at 26. Okay, so 26. No. He's a young running back. You can, if you if you're able to feels like he's older. I know if you're older, he's 26. He's I, I thought he was older than me, but he's not. Yeah, yeah. If you're able to protect him from a lot of the wear and tear that Zeke had in his career, because he was primarily that offense, mm -hmm. you can have Tony Pollard for many many years. Why would you not lessen his load by bringing Zeke back? I think it makes perfect I, sense. I got an actual example. What do you guys think about uh, Ezekiel on the Ravens? He doesn't have to be a superior running back. <laughs> mm -hmm. He can split time with Lamar. I literally just said Lamar. the Cowboys. Well, I don't know where you're getting <laughs> no, the Ravens. I'm saying, man, if you get them <laughs> Cowgirls. I like, think he'll be a great I'm fit on the Ravens. I pretty much just made my point, and you just pivoted. Look what I have right here. Uh, what's that? Can y'all see that? It looks like, like a purple Well, Oh, y'all can't see it. It's the Baltimore Ravens. There it is. Yeah. It's good. No, it's good. We got it. It's good. Baltimore Ravens. That's like not what I said. You got J.K. <laughs> you got J.K. Dobbins. That's their young Pollard, right? They like him a lot. Gus Edwards. I mean, I don't know. You know, disrespect and Keaton Mitchell, right? So, I thought about the Baltimore Ravens as well. That was the first team that came to mind when Corey asked the question. It's because that's a team that plays the old school. Look at Ashley. They have that old Sorry, school Ash. game, right? They want to run the ball. <laughs> I thought about the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers, they want to run the ball. Yeah. Um, but going back to Dallas isn't a bad move, right? You you know, you're loved. You already in the, you're know loved, the offense. You know the offense, but you're also loved in the locker room. You're Dak's best friend. 2 right? yeah. So the chemistry's there. Leadership is there, right? You need that, you know, Um you know what it reminds me of, Ashley, when you talk about Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott is Mark Ingram and uh, Alvin Kamara. Yep. Right. Exactly what it reminds me of. One of Coach Payton's biggest mistakes was letting Mark Ingram go to Baltimore. I mean, they were fighting over pennies. Like that was one hell of a one-two punch. Pennies group. to the, to that the was, NFL. That was a tandem, boy. Right. But you, you, you shared a load and um, – you know that chemistry between the two really trickled down into the entire locker room and uh, you know affected the whole team. So I think it may be a money thing. It might be a money thing. Like, will Ezekiel Elliott come back for much less? That is the question. If anyone can convince him, it's Dak Prescott. And listen, I will say this. I will say this. Obviously, for quarterbacks, it's different. But I remember the story famously that when Dak got to the Dallas Cowboys, he wasn't making what he's making now. Mm -hmm. And he said that he was able to buy a house and uh, what do you say, an Aston Martin and all these things off of endorsement deals alone from for playing for the Dallas Cowboys. And he's also a quarterback though. A quarterback, but look at CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb has great endorsements. Mm -hmm. Zeke, when Zeke was in his, I'm not gonna say his prime, but in his earlier years. You got a point here. He was making a crap load of money with endorsements. Feed Zeke, trademarks, things yeah. like that. Like, yeah, when you you may lose the money in terms of your contract, but when you're playing for the star or when you're playing for an organization that's bigger than just football, there are multiple ways to make that money back mm -hmm. and, uh, in a way that you may not be able to it's, do if you're playing for the Steelers. But it's not the same, though, right? When you I talk about millions same, of dollars but... to... Uh, thousands of dollars. It's not thousands. Yeah, no. There's only a few football players that's really making real money. 
Like even like CD, I would be shocked if CD brought in more than a million dollars last year. I wouldn't. In endorsements. Mm-mm. Telling you, it's tough. It's it's tough out there. Even like the biggest, he signed the biggest with, like, deal that you it, can body get is armor and, uh, and yeah. But the biggest shoe deal, no those deals, the biggest deal you can get as a ball player and things is changing now. But it's like a shoe deal. Our guys are making fifty, a hundred thousand dollars, maybe two hundred thousand. There's only a handful of guys that were making good money. You had AB had a huge deal back in the day. Antonio Bryant, he was making a million dollars a year. Uh, then you had uh, OBJ come back around, and he did like a a three for I mean like a five for thirty or five for thirty five million dollar deal. That was like the biggest deal ever. Um, he's beefing with Nike now, but outside of a shoe deal, guys aren't making big deals. Like you you talk about like um, body armor, it might be a hundred thousand, might be two hundred thousand. I don't think it's that little. I think it's more than that. I hope, hope I hope that, I hope it's bigger. I'm not pound, counting coins, but I think it's bigger than that. I, I I hope it is. Like I want them to get their money, but it's just tough. Maybe it's different for the Cowboys. You might be right. Maybe it's just be, the Cowboys get get paid a little bit Don't more, treated a little differently. Like freaking Tony Romo's still getting deals with Skechers and crap. He hasn't been. He hasn't yeah, but that's football. Tony Romo. He's what a I'm quarterback. Is, is Dallas like, Cowboys of the Dallas Cowboys right, and CBS faces CBS. There are a lot of quarterbacks that don't get deals. True. Like, I can name. When was the last time you've seen? Uh, can we Google? Let's see. Let's see I'm the to biggest think of quarterbacks earners. that have the deals. Aaron Rodgers had uh, the discount double check. What was that? Progressive. You had Cam Newton. He had the yogurt. You had Dak. He has Sleep Number. He has Frito Lay, like chips and things like mm. that. He has the yogurt now. He took We're that over to think from. think of quarterbacks just would be. Zach's getting that bread. Um, yeah. Who else? I, I, Russell Wilson. So you think a running back? But we're talking about Ezekiel Elliott. So I just typed typed in Google biggest earners off the field in NFL, and it was uh, nothing but quarterbacks that popped up and some retired guys. Peyton Manning endorsement. Peyton earnings, Manning. Drew gonna... Brees, Eli Manning, Aaron Rodgers. J.J. Watt, Russell Wilson, Tom J.J. Watt's not a running back. That's true, but yes. J.J. Watt was special. Gronk's not a running back. <laughs> he was special. B.C. saying there's no support for him because no one knows what they look like. Everyone knows what Zeke looks like. Yeah, but no, I'm saying that's, like, that's probably He's the biggest issue. making that same argument that the helmets are on. The helmets distract. Marshawn Lynch is up there. Your marketability. Right. Marshawn <laughs> earned $5 million off the field. And I don't know when this was published, this article. Eli Manning, eight million off the field. JJ Watt, seven million. Man. Zeke had and Ezekiel Elliott had endorsement Old Spice, BioSteel. No money. <laughs> they gave him seventy five. He has 000. ownership in Twin Peaks restaurant, which oh, are cool. a so chain, he put up Zeke, money. Major chain. Is, is right he cut a, a check. Zeke. So he cut a Obviously check. Obviously he has his deal with Nike. That trade he has a deal with a, a trading um no, his Nike thing is valued at two point five million dollars. Um, BioSteel two million dollars. Right. He has his trade. He has his trading his trading card company stock. Zeke has a couple million dollars in endorsements. 
that might be and he was an that early might be investor equity. and he that's was an early investor in biosteel yeah but that, that when you said that in biosteel two million dollars that's probably his equity package that don't mean he's bringing in cash i mean that's what it's worth though so if you yeah, cashed out about, that's how much you'd walk away with yeah but talking about cash in the pocket for him to go back to the dallas cowboys and say okay i'm making enough money off the field to where it makes sense I don't know. Listen, the Cowboys didn't offer the report was the Cowboys didn't offer Zeke a reduced deal because they didn't want to insult him. So I don't think that it's a matter of them trying to lowball him. I think they have a great deal of respect for him. It's a matter of what does Zeke want more? Does he want to try to go ahead and maybe get paid what he thinks he's going to get paid? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to go ahead and play for an organization that you've been in since day one? You have chemistry with those guys in the locker room. You know the city, you know mm -hmm. the fans, you're playing for the most famous franchise in the NFL, you have a quarterback that you not only like, that you respect, but you have a friendship with. Sometimes those things are intangible. Then a couple of, you know, dollar signs and pennies. I'm not saying a couple, <laughs> but when is that? especially when... This is his job. No, I know, but especially when you don't know if you're going to get what you're looking for, elsewhere got, because guys, listen got, we're, in july, we're in july right now zeke's not signed to a team yeah no but this is how guys think all right let's say the dallas cowboys offer him three million dollars right mm -hmm. and if a team offers four four point five he's going to the other team i mean it's a big deal like you, you only have a short window to earn all the money you can would you go to if if you were getting if you were offered 3.5 to play for the dallas cowboys and you were offered 4.5 to play for the stay. Jacksonville Jaguars. Are you staying? I would stay. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. It depends on where the money is coming. The money, where what the I'm money saying, most guys, but most guys take the bag. Most guys take the bag. So, you, so you're taking the bag. Two million dollar difference. They're not passing up on two million dollar difference. A million dollar difference, probably. Okay. Probably quarterbacks. Well, Zeke, if you want to come home, the door's <laughs> open for you, love. So. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry will leave the key under the mat if you change your mind. Listen, I want to get y'all's thoughts on a discussion that's been taking place on social media, right? So we just learned that Andrew Luck is eligible ah, for the Pro Football Hall I of Fame this. in 2024. Wow. So what they did was one they wanted to really highlight his stats because he only played six seasons, but the, the stats in those six seasons he only were played incredible. six seasons. Yeah, it, they were they were incredible. So through. Through, uh, and I'll name some of them to you. Uh, through six seasons, he had 171 passing touchdowns. That's third all-time in that time frame. He had 23,671 passing yards. That was fourth all-time in that time frame, trailing only Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, and Patrick Mahomes. And then a passer rating of 275.2. Uh, excuse me, that was actually passing yards per game, 275.2. And that's third all-time, only behind uh, Matthew Stafford and Mahomes. So... With this small sample that we got of Andrew, no, do you think he's worthy? <laughs> Anakin, what's the question? Anakin, no, yeah, do you think do you think he's worthy of you know uh, you know being elected into the Hall of Fame? No, just with, that he, with what he got. First of all, when I think of Andrew Luck, I just think of that line from Star Wars mm -hmm. where he goes, "Anakin, you were the chosen one. <laughs> you were the chosen one." Right. God, Andrew Luck was supposed. God, it just that that will never not make me sad. He got beat up. They Andrew Luck was the chosen one. He, he was, was supposed to be. Man, he was supposed to take that Colts franchise and, and change it. Like he, protect him. he was the chosen one. The damn Colts screwed him, man. Mm. God. Well, and then he's also different. You know, like he has a. You know, he has a like a. a 
a book club now. I like book clubs. What's wrong with that? I know, but you know that he's different, right? Like, what's what is how <laughs> nothing? I, I like. I would love to start book a book club, club but what books when you, you think read? about what books am I reading now? I'm reading uh, the the way of the superior man again. Um, I'm reading. Um, that's what I'm reading. Would now. you have an all man book club? Make a like a former athlete book club. I haven't thought or? that far. You got to figure out who's in your book club. Like, is it yeah, I don't men know. and women? I, right just now, men what I'm reading—that's what I'm reading now. But I'm reading. Uh, I'm listening to a finance book. Um, so I'm reading a lot about finance right now. I think that's my weak spot in the in in business. Um, and then on the personal side, just developing as a man. So, you know, I usually have different appetites depending on the season and the time of the year. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a time where I was reading a lot about marketing and branding. Um, now it's a little bit different. And I hate talking about money. I hate, you know, reading about money, but I have to do it. Um, what are you reading, Corey? What am I reading? I wish I had a book to, you know, <laughs> to, to name, but I don't have. You I'm should read The Way books. of the Superior Man, Corey. I think I may. It's pretty dope. You'll love it. You'll enjoy it. And, you know, if you embrace some of the concepts in it, um, help you in your relationships with women and also your own masculine energy. What are you reading, Will? I'm actually trying to make sure I, had, I got the title right, but um, I, I actually wanted to know if Brandon might have read this. It was a book, I believe, by the name of The Essence of Buddhism. No, I haven't read that. No? I'm, I'm trying to see if I can find Buddhist. it. But, um, yeah, I'm a big-time reader. I'm a big-time reader. Like but that. I'm trying to look more into just inner peace and just trying to have that foundational peace. Y'all know I always try to stay positive. So mm -hmm. it's just right in alignment with what I, what I try to live. But I've go. never read into Buddhism or anything. There you go. That's good. That's good. There's a book out there called The, the Awakening. You'll like that. The Awakening by Eckhart Tolle. The Awakening? Yeah, okay. it's pretty dope. Ashley? Um, I'm reading The Art of War for like the seventh time. It's the Art of War. What's That's that on my list, too. We ever read The Art of War? No. The Art of War is a great book. It was written by, I believe, it, he's Chinese? Mm -hmm. so, uh, General. I read it once. Um, it's actually my dad's book. He gave it to me, and mm. I've read it a few times. But there's a lot of like really cool quotes Sun Tzu. in there. Yeah. A lot of really cool quotes in there that you can apply to so many different aspects of your life. Like, and they also, it teaches, you know, things like patience. And like one of my favorite lines in the book is if you wait by the river long enough, the bodies of your enemies will float by. Yikes. Basically like Pretty be morbid. patient. Like people always think like karma and things like that's like instantaneously and you have to seek revenge on people mm -hmm. and like, it, but it's not true. Like. The it basically just means the universe has a way of coming full circle. Yeah. So it tells you to practice patience and things like that. So it's a pretty cool book. If you ever had a chance to read it, it's on my list. Read it. I sure. read it For driving sure. to. I wasn't driving. I was in the passenger seat. Oh, <laughs> it was in the <laughs> driving a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, right. To Nashville, this dope crib in Nashville. We rented boats and jet skis, and but I read it on the way there. It was good. Yeah, it's a really good book. Really good book. I didn't read it seven times, but yeah. Um. Back to Andrew Luck. <clears throat> no, he's not a Hall of Famer. Whoa, that's um, not nice. No, I mean, he, was hurt? he only played six six games. I mean, six years. So you're looking at uh, Gale Sayers, 
you know, they say he was able to make it. I think he played six, five, six years. And then you have, uh, you know, they say he was able to make it because of his, like, like the league never seen anything like Gale Sayers. His speed and mm-hmm. how dynamic he was, you know, as a running back. Um, so that's how he was able to get in. And then you had TD, Terrell Davis, running back for the mm-hmm. Denver Broncos. He had two Super Bowl rings. So they, basically what they're saying is if Andrew Luck won a Super Bowl or two, he probably would have had an opportunity or a chance to get in. Um, ESPN posted something maybe a week ago, and they said, who would you take in, in your prime? So I'm going to ask you guys this. Who would you take in their prime? Andrew Luck, Tony Romo, or Cam Newton? Mm. In their prime? In their prime. Oh, Starting sorry. with Ashley, then we go to Corey. Who do you take in their prime? I'd probably go Cam. Mm, okay, why Cam? I just think his physical dominance was just insane. Like when he was in his prime, I mean, Superman for a reason. Just there, you can make an argument that Andrew Luck's accuracy was better. I probably wouldn't argue that if someone for tried sure. to make that mm-hmm. argument because it's true. Tony Romo had that incredible spin factor about him. He was able to get himself out of situations. But that physical just dominance, that athleticism of Cam Newton, I think set the tone for a lot of the quarterbacks that we see today. Yeah. So I would go Cam. Okay. All right. Corey? For that reason that you brought up for Andrew Luck and maybe a legitimate argument for someone that would go with him, that's literally why I think I'm going with Andrew Luck just because of the accuracy element. Um, And, I mean, you know, as a receiver – You'd like more of a drop-back style quarterback, and mm-hmm. I guess that's just the receiver in me wanting to go with, with Andrew Luck. Um, but, yeah, I, that, it was close. I would say it was an easy answer after you named the first two names, but then when you threw in Cam Newton, that made it a little harder. Um, it's not easy picking Andrew Luck over Cam Newton because Cam Newton, I mean, he had it all special. Like, you know, that year where he won the mm-hmm. MVP and, went, you know, took the Panthers to the Super Bowl, he showed us a lot, and he was really unstoppable, of course, until that Super Bowl. But... Um, I think I might have to go Andrew Luck. Wow, no love for Tony Romo. I love Romo. You know that so, was my yeah, quarterback. Yeah, so That's I picked, my quarterback. I picked Cam Newton um, in that chat, and everybody, well, a lot of people crushed me. And they're like, Cam Newton, you're only picking him because he's black, because of race. I'm like, what? No, I'm picking <laughs> no, him because what? he's the only one that went to a Super Bowl yeah, and won correct. MVP. Yeah, yeah, if we're yeah. saying prime and comparing all yeah. three of them to Cam's 2015 year. That's what I'm saying. That's sorry, tough. man. But yeah. but I would say in defense of Andrew Luck, I think if he continued playing, he definitely would have at one point Good win point. the MVP. You know? Yeah, so, Tony Romo got full if, everything if squeezed out of his career. That's so. Christmas every day. Yeah, I feel like though, Cam if we Newton. keep it in a buck, Tony Romo does not get the respect that he deserves as a quarterback. Is Ooh. he a Hall of Famer? That might be the question. No. A better question. You don't, <laughs> you don't think Tony Romo's Hall of Famer? No. Why is Tony Romo not a Hall of Famer? What did he do? Let me look at his stats. So uh, he got the play. He got the Cowboys to the playoffs. Let I mean, me see. Yeah. He has some competitive. Sure, that's not just career. fandom, right? No, I'm just I'm just curious why Tony Romo's not a Hall of Famer because I mean he's broken a bunch of Cowboy records. <laughs> at Cowboy one, records at mean one, nothing. No, it's at about one point, records. at one point. Well, he does have more yards than Cam by two thousand. Yeah. Cam, Cam may not be a Hall of Famer. He also Cam Newton. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't know if you Whoa. guys wanted to have that conversation, but I really Cam Newton may not be that. a Hall of Famer. After going to the Super Bowl and winning a league MVP, 
Yeah. Le- didn't he leading the league in rushing multiple times as a quarterback? You don't think that he would be a Hall of Famer? He may not be. No. I, he I may wasn't not sure. Be. It's funny we're talking about I mean, about this we're now. talking about if you look at pull up his, his stats. Yeah. Who? Pull Cam? Up Cam Newton's he stats. Has good stats. And how many years he played and how many years did he actually dominate? So look, two I, to three years where he dominated like yeah, that. I don't yeah. know. Is that enough? It's the same conversation around Andrew Luck. You got eleven seasons. Eleven seasons, and can you go through some of those num- those numbers? Uh, if I'm judging off of passing yards, I would say he started taking. No, you can't dip. just do that. You got to go no? through all of it because Cam wasn't—he's a dual threat. Oh, no, absolutely. Huh? Um, where's his rushing? Well, I mean, he started out the gate with four thousand yards his first year, but um. I'm trying to find his rushing So listen, yards. Tony Romo, I'm trying to I'm trying to see where he ranks. Mind blowing stats. Romo is the Cowboys' all time leader. Tony Romo, thirteen yards. seasons, threw for over thirty four thousand yards, two hundred and fifty touchdowns. Was selected to play in four Pro Bowls. Four Pro Bowls. In comparison to Cam's quarterback. three. Okay. Stats. Like, I would say he's a better quarterback, but Cam's rushing yards just blow Tony Romo right out of the I water. Mean, yeah. Like, Tony Romo had 620 rush yards to Cam's 5,628. Not only that, but Tony Romo right now, obviously Aikman has a Super Bowl. He had a much better – he had a much better team, a more dominant team than Romo had most of his career. There was only a few seasons that I feel like that team was really a team that could have won, and that was the year the ref screwed us with the Des no catch or whatever. We won't go there. Um, yeah, but... Tony Romo has more – Tony yards. Romo isn't even top Tony 20 Romo yards, has more though. yards than Aikman, Stallback, Danny White, and Don Meredith. He's leading, number one. That's But listen, he's not top 20 in passing yards. All right, so I'm just – let's go through this passing yard leaders. Tom Brady's first. Then you have Kerry Collins sitting at 20. No Tony Romo in he, between. He has Touchdowns. a 78 and 49 record in 160 games played. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Now let's go to touchdowns. Ah, quarterback. Sorry, I wanted to see quarterback. I don't know. I feel like. (sighs) NFL passing yards career. Passing yards, passing touchdowns. Let's go to passing touchdowns. He has the same completion rating as Peyton Manning in his career. Doesn't matter. So basically the only thing that would put Peyton Manning and Troy Aikman and Stallback is that Tony Romo doesn't have a ring for a team sport. Passing yards, he's not top 20. Passing, passing TD. TDs, he's not top 20. He's 25. Okay. Just like right there. Let's, what else do we have? Passer rating. Maybe he cracks the top 20 in passer rating. Let's see that. Passer rating. Is he there? He's not top 20. No, yes, he is. He's 11. 97. What else do we want to look at? I don't know. I feel like Tony Robo doesn't get the same respect as some passing of the yards of per game. His numbers are not drastically are not drastically worse than any of them. Some in some situations, if you take the ring out of the equation, passing in some yards situations, game, he has better records 20. than them. All right, I'm looking at current Hall of Famers. I'm not looking at league. I'm looking at excuse me. I'm looking at guys who have. But made, you're looking at you got to look at where. So I'm looking at the made, numbers of guys who have made the Hall of Fame as quarterbacks during that time. They weren't. We weren't passing it passing it 40 50 times a game so those guys that you named they were Peyton able to Manning do that in the same era. era 
You got to do that in the air. You're saying he he has the same. He's the same completion rating as Peyton Manning. That's one. That's one step. I didn't dive. I didn't deep dive into it, but he has the same completion rating as he has the same. Yeah, but a, a lot of the same rating, numbers as current quarterbacks a, a, in the Hall of Fame. A, a, that he was a in the same completion era rating with. doesn't get you a, a a Hall of Fame nod. I'm not saying just the completion rating. But what I'm saying is I didn't deep dive into it, but looking just like quick glance, a lot of the guys who are currently in the Hall of Fame that he played in the same era as them. His numbers are the same well, or I just, better. I just, I just named or the, passing, the only, I just, the I just only passing difference is that he doesn't have any Super Bowls. What about passing yards, touchdowns? I mean, I would have, I have, a, deep, I have a deep dive into it. I don't have I enough time did. to really go into it. Of current Hall of Famers. I'm not yes. talking league. Yes, these is all time. All time. They're all in the Hall of Fame right now? It's not all in the Hall of I'm Fame. I'm only but counting current Hall of Famers. I'm comparing him to current quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame. Okay. You want to compare him to current quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame? That's the only compare. I don't care about wide receivers. I don't care about. We're not doing. We're not. I'm only we're going. Yeah, I'm only going quarterbacks. Receivers come in at. I'm saying I'm only comparing. Tony to Romo's numbers are okay. They're not okay. Numbers don't give you a, a nod to the Hall of Fame. That's why I hate the Giants because take the two take the, <laughs> the two Super take the two Super Bowls out of the way that Eli has won. Eli's numbers are not that impressive. They're mediocre. But you can't at remove best. Super Bowls he, that he earned. But that's why <laughs> Actually, the Hall no, not, that's, that's why true. the Hall of Fame is like kind of the criteria is a little uh because you could have mediocre numbers but two Super Bowl or multiple Super Bowl rings or a Super Bowl ring and still get in. But that's if the we were hardest thing to do numbers, is get the Super Bowl. Huh? That's the hardest thing to do is get the Super but Bowl. But it's so a team it, sport winning a Super Bowl. Him. Eli Manning is 10th all-time in passing yards. <sighs> BC says, say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Eli Manning is 10th all-time in passing the, TDs. Don't get me started on the Eli Manning stop. <laughs> That's no, a, I agree with you there. And then the, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl rings um, such, add so much more yeah, like, to it. But Eli Manning's numbers, low key, are really good. Yeah, like Tony Romo had thirty four thousand passing yards in his career, and Eli had fifty seven thousand. Right. It's like, like, come on, no, he's not a Hall of Famer. Don't be can a we hater. talk about Cam Newton? No. Can we can we talk about him a little bit? You don't think he will be a Hall of Famer? Let me look well, at the honestly, numbers. Honestly, Brandon, I, I wasn't prepared for this. No, I know I wasn't Cameron. either. I wasn't even. It's the same thing. Ashley's saying current Hall Uh of Famers. I'm looking at overall. Right. Like you gotta. It's it's about how you stack up, how you stack up against the entire field. But then you break it down into errors, right? Because as a wide receiver, you know, a thousand yards back then was more valuable than a thousand yards today, Mm -hmm. right? So you have to look at errors because the game was played differently. but Cam Newton, how about he's this? different because he's a dual threat quarterback. And he changed the game. I wouldn't say he changed the game. You it's, had Mike Vick, you had Randall Cunningham, you had guys that came before him that did that. Um, but to, I mean, yes, but I think that Cam elevated that formula that was already pre-existing. If that, if you get what I'm saying, I think that Cam was. Mm-hmm. Cam took what Vic did. Mm, no, he, no, 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 no. Cam took no. what no. Lamar Cam, did. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, well, yes, but Lamar came after Cam. Yeah, I wouldn't say Cam. Cam, may, maybe I, Vic I, I is can't. the Vic is the blueprint. But what I'm saying is, is that Vic being the blueprint, Cam took that, and all the quarterbacks after him took that, 
and just elevated the game of what it looked like to be an athletic quarterback based on what Vic did, if that if you get what I'm saying. Right. Like they elevated his blueprint. He so, was the originator. So Cam Cam's first year six and ten, second year seven and ten, seven and nine, excuse me, then twelve and four, five and eight, fifteen and one, six and eight, eleven and five, six and eight, oh and two, seven and so from what I'm reading now, he had three winning seasons out of ten. Yeah, but what would those teams look like, though? You're the quarterback. That doesn't matter. That's I don't the care point. about. But don't give me team. I don't care about team. You record. have to. Why? Because you're the quarterback. The quarterback is always going to be judged by wins and losses. That's just. That's just the game. That's the game. That's why I say you can't take away Eli's two Yikes. I'm not taking him away. I think it's crazy. This is a stat I just found. Cam Newton has more rushing touchdowns than like eight Hall of Fame running backs. Mm. Cam Newton was the real deal, Holyfield man. That's, that, that is actually wild. Seventy-five career rushing touchdowns. It's you got OJ Simpson that's behind him. Mm-hmm. You got Terrell Davis that's behind him. The juice. You it's got loose. I mean Larry Zonka that's behind him. You got Earl Campbell I believe that was behind him. That, those are those are like legitimate Hall of Famers. Yeah, it's it all comes down to how they view Cam Newton. Right, and I don't know the criteria around the Cam Newton in the Hall of Fame. Right, you know, as a quarterback, his numbers don't match up to the greatest. You know, now as a dual threat, you know, and what he's been able to bring to the game, totally different. But I don't know how they approach, you know, Cam Newton and what he's been able to bring to the game. You know, it's going to be the same thing with Lamar as well. Lamar, you know, I think he's more efficient and he's a better thrower thrower than. Cam Newton, but you know, there's guys that come along that changes things that you have to account for. Um, Devin Hester, why why hasn't Devin Hester gotten in yet? He should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. right? You know, they look at him as a punt returner, kick returner, but man, it do change the game. People were kicking out of bounds before right. kicking it to him. So fair enough, and I think we're out of time. We're out of time. Another amazing show, Paper Route. We'll get back to Troy Aikman. The internet went down in this little-ass town in Weston. Great town. Dan Marino's town. Dan Marino's town. So we couldn't interview Troy Aikman. Sorry, Ashley. Talk about the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, Ezekiel Elliott. But we'll get back to him. You know, his eight bear. He's doing some amazing things in business. Tomorrow we'll be back up and running. And I think this little ass town's going to have the internet up and running by then. Should be up and running in the next hour or so. So this is Paper Route, Ashley Nicole Moss, Corey in the cut, Woo Out West, BC in the back, and Mander Legend. See you tomorrow. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.